0: Welcome to Gear Vlogs Automotive Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Gear, where I share my enthusiasm for all topics automotive. Welcome to the uh, Gear Vlogs Automotive uh, Podcast, Episode 9. And let's head on into our first story. GM's Ultra Cruise wants to be what Tesla promised. General Motors' next generation of semi-autonomous software will debut in the Cadillac Celestic in 2024. Let's get into the story. General Motors seems to have looked at the issues that Tesla's full self-driving beta has dealt with and thought to itself there must be a better way. Pitfalls like complicated intersections and city streets have proven to be a real issue for Tesla's less than reliable system. So when GM debut the Ultra Cruise, a semi-autonomous driving system that covers about 95% of the driving scenarios next year on the Cadillac Celestic it's attempting to avoid those problems at the beginning, at least. Automotive News report or talked with uh, Jason Dittman, a chief engineer for the system. He said, "Ultra cruise will actually tell drivers to take over in traffic circles or at other complicated intersections. Furthermore, it'll give up control to the driver at the threshold of a destination like a parking lot or owner's driveway. Over time, we'll grow this to where we're covering nearly every paved road, Dittman said to Auto News. GM has apparently been repeating the phrase safety deploy when it comes to Ultra Cruise. This approach and rollout are being done in sharp contrast to Tesla's FSD Beta. That system is currently under a massive recall. It's under investigation by the US Department of Justice and has led to shareholders suing the automaker over alleged false safety claims. The rollout of the Ultra Cruise isn't the only way it'll be different from FSD beta. The technology and approach to how the system approaches is also a departure. The outlet said in an instant, instead of using just cameras like Tesla does, for now at least, Ultra Cruise will combine several or seven long-range cameras with over 20 sensors. The system uses short and long-range radar, LiDAR behind the windshield, and a camera on the steering column to make sure the driver behind the wheel is actually paying attention. In a slight dig at Tesla, Dittman said GM hasn't begun testing Ultra Cruise on public roads just yet, but it'll be fully vetted before it's released to the public. That's a much different approach than what Tesla has employed by using its customers as human-shaped guinea pigs on public roads. Automotive News said that when its first launch, Ultra Cruise is the only going to be offered on high-end GM vehicles, according to Dittman. That'll free up Super Cruise, an excellent system in its own right, to expand to more mass markets vehicles in GM stable of vehicles. Ultra Cruise will reportedly spread far beyond the flagship $300,000 Celestic at a faster rate than Super Cruise made it to other vehicles. Yeah, so what do you think on the approach? Battle of the uh, semi-self-driving cars? Uh... How much trust do you uh, put into these systems if you own a Tesla or considering what the offerings from GM or any other manufacturer that will eventually introduce these systems? And basically what it boils down to, what do you think about AI being integrated into cars? Because that's basically what the technology is getting towards. So, yeah, comment down below what you guys think. Let's move on to our next story. since we're speaking of tesla here we go um let's read about this story tesla investors are buying at record pace here's why hmm tesla investors have been buying the automaker stock at a record pace over the last few weeks here's why we think they are doubling down despite a less than stellar performance On the stock market over the last year, individual Tesla investors appear undeterred. A new report from VEDA Research via the Wall Street Journal shows that individual investors are buying Tesla stocks at a record pace. We mean individual investors with broker accounts, not hedge funds, and other institutions. These investors bought just short of $17 billion worth of Tesla stock in 2022, which is a record now just over two months into 2023. Venda Research reports that individual investors have already bought over $13 billion worth of Tesla stock this year. And here we have a little graph. Net purchase of Tesla by individual investors five-day moving average. That's a big leap. Currently almost close to a little over 450 million on the high end, and low end look like maybe around under 50 million. So, based on the way I'm reading this graph here, interesting. Let's get back into the article. They are showing a lot of confidence in Tesla stock, which has been up so far this year but that was after talking a brutal beating last year now trading at 189 dollars a share it is still way down from its 52 week high of 384 dollars a share why are tesla investors buying now that's a tricky question to answer historically tesla has been a Story stock meaning that people were mainly buying into the story of Tesla rather than solid financials behind the company. This has changed over the last few years as Tesla began to considerably deliver strong financial performance and growth. With Gigafactory Berlin and Texas now ramping to uh, volume productions. investors are Expecting Tesla to deliver a record number of vehicles in Q1, and while margins are going to be negatively affected by recent price cuts, the automaker should remain profitable. Tesla is also adding the Cybertruck to its lineup this year well, late this year but is not expected to contribute meaningful to deliveries or financials this year. You got that right. Another expansion for why individual investors were buying Tesla at a record pace this year could be the anticipation of the Investor Day that happened last week. The Investor Day presentation received mixed reviews. Many were disappointed by the lack of significant news or announcements, but others were impressed by Tesla's bringing a significant step change to vehicle manufacturing with the next generation reveal platform. A buy the rumor, sell the news situation could have contributed to the surge in Tesla investors buying the stock. Tesla investors are also known to be quite loyal and many of them rushed to buy last year's dip. It will be interesting to see if buying continues into the rest of the year. So yeah, there we go. Links to this article will be in the uh, show notes, so be sure to check that out. And I think I wonder also if the reason why Tesla is doing so well, I just read a story or seen a story how Tesla has, obviously they're sourcing and building a lot of key components for their manufacturing of their products in-house. So that's putting them one step away from having to rely on third party vendors and sources which can be a good thing but apparently they also have a new next generation motor design that they're keying up that apparently can be shared among all of the vehicle platforms which is an interesting thought Um, yeah so there we go on that alrighty let's move on to our next story Here we go. Rivian crashes after announcing plans to raise over a billion in cash. Hmm. Rivian plans to raise $1.3 billion in cash by selling green convertible notes. Despite indicating it had sufficient cash in last week's earnings, investors are not pleased with the move with Rivian stock slipping over 10% following Tuesday's announcement. Rivian raises 1.3 billion via green bonds. According to the company's Q4 earnings release on February 28th, Rivian ended the quarter with over 12 billion in cash and equi- equivalent equivalents after burning through 1.4 billion during the period. The company said it is Earning call that followed. We remain confident that our cash and cash equivalents can fund our operations through 2025. Okay. Although the EV startup isn't in desperate need for cash right now, Rivian does have a full plate this year as it ramps production of the R1 and the RCV platforms while developing the next-generation R2 architecture slated to arrive in 2026. Meanwhile, CEO R.J. Skarinich said, Equally important to ramping production is Rivian's drive towards profitability. Rivian is losing money on each vehicle it produces about three times as much, but this is to be expected as the EV maker works towards full production capabilities at a normal Illinois factory. At its normal Illinois factory. That's a tongue twister. The company has already made a series of moves to conserve cash including laying off 6% of its workforce earlier this year and reducing operation operating costs in the fourth quarter. According to an SEC filing on Monday, Rivian is looking to improve its capital situation further. Rivian announced it is planning to raise 1.3 billion in cash through green convertible senior notes. Traditional con- convertible notes can be paid back in either cash or stock or a mix of both, making it cheaper and simpler for startups like Rivian to raise funds. Meanwhile, green bonds offer additional benefits for investing in businesses using the funds for climate-related projects that help with the environment. So yeah, what do you guys think? Do you think Rivian is... Uh, Making moves to stay in the EV game or not? Yeah, comment down below. On to our next story. Okay, here we go. Um, S&P cuts Nissan's credit rating to junk status. Uh Uh-oh. It needs to make improvements in sales and revenue. Let's uh, get into this article. Nissan's credit rating was slashed to junk by S&P Global Ratings, the latest setback for the carmaker that struggled to boost profitability in the years following former chairman Carlos Ghosn's arrest and the industry's pivot towards electrification. The Japanese automaker's credit rating was cut by notched to BB plus by SP, which said a strong recovery in profit and sales was unlikely and cited persistent supply chain turmoil and high costs in the industry. Nissan recovered from two years of losses and is still targeting. An operating profit of 360 billion yen or 2.7 billion for the fiscal year ending this month. A weaker yen in late 2022 also helped boost income brought home, which made up for production snags. But that advantage is fading as the currency, strength, currency strengthens. Performance at the company has been sluggish for more than three years. S&P said in a statement, we now expect its earnings will remain weaker than we previously assumed given the prospect of another difficult year in 2023. Nissan's profitability will continue to lag behind as competitors for the next one to two years, SSP added. The agency said it expects supply chain issues to persist, delaying any recovery in sales across the U.S. and Europe and pressures companies to lower prices. A junk rating means Nissan will have to pay higher costs to sell foreign currency bonds abroad while the Yokohama-based company sold a yen-dominated sustainable bond in January. It last sold dollar and euro bonds in 2020. The price of its dollar dominated note maturing in 2027 dropped to 2 cents from 91.1 cents on the dollar on Tuesday. It has fallen about 3 yen since the beginning of February. The outlook of the Japanese automaker is stable. s and said, citing that profitability is gradually improving and that the company is becoming conservative in its financial planning. The agency projects projected Nissan will sell 3.6 million to 3.7 million cars in the fiscal year ending in March 2024, falling short of uh, 5.4 million units targeted by the company in its long-term business strategy. S&P also said it will consider raising its rating if over the next 12 to 18 months, Nissan can significantly improve sales and increase cash flow, but its rating could be lower, the agency said. If if free operating cash flow becomes negative long-term, or the company's financial base is impacted by large strategic in investments or its market position falls further in North America or China. Wow. That's like a tough blow for uh, S&P or for Nissan. So, yeah, like as always, what do you guys think? And on to our next story. Collecting Hot Wheels sucks right now and resellers might be to blame. Interesting. Wondering why your local retailers toy car aisles is consistently barren. Resellers probably got there first. I.e. collectors or they know somebody uh, at the stores and they're getting uh, first picks is my guess. But let's read the article. Buying a a car in 2023 is hard, but it seems to be that way it's going to be for just about everything else these days. Even toy cars and supply chain disruptions alone don't explain it. Just like concert tickets, sneakers, game consoles, and luxury watches, the Hot Wheels market... Has been overrun by resellers who snap up the most desirable new diecast releases from Mattel and flip them for a profit. As with all other products, the problem has grown since the start of COVID 19's pan pandemic. It shows no signs of stopping. About a year ago, the author wrote about how. Target and Walmart seem perpetually low on stock of Hot Wheels diecasts along with possible explanations for that phenomenon. At the time, Mattel's pre-pandemic staffing cuts the pan pandemic itself and physical bottlenecks like the ever-given debacle and last year's border crossing blockades were believed to play a role, but there's another issue affecting the Hot Wheels market. The same one you know all too well if you've ever attempted to get your hands on a PS5 over the past 24 months, scalpers. Great, so we go from uh, GPU shortages, thanks to data miners now, to Hot Wheels being... uh, being hard to get your hands on great let's get into the story rest of the story hot wheels main lines the cheapest blue blister quote pack cars you see in supermarkets and drugstores cost about a dollar 29 a pop it's frankly an astonishing price barely 40 cents more than what mattel charged in 1982, even though inflation means that they should really cost around 288, position above the main lines are premiums, adult targeted co- collections like Car Culture and Team Transport, which will set you back about seven or fifteen dollars, respectively, if you're buying them in a store. On a whole then hot wheels are pretty cheap. However, new cast drop in waves cycling in and out of stores very quickly. Retailers get shipments every few weeks and over the course of the year the content of those shipments change. What you find on the rack in January might not be the, be stocked anymore anymore come March. Ugh. That combination of low prices and limited edition availability makes toy cars a prime target for scalpers. Hot wheels are easy enough to buy on masses when a new pallet comes in, then flip on eBay for an eightfold profit, which buyers are content to pay because at least it saves them the legwork of searching for a particular car at retail when you're talking about a toy that costs $1.29 $8 isn't unreasonable to part with I'll admit to having spent about as much for a few hard to find Hot Wheels at a pop up shop at Lime Rock Park during an IMSA race last year well The higher quality car culture products seems to range more widely in price on eBay. Some like the Celica GT4 are just a dollar or two more than what you'd pay at a brick and mortar establishment. While others like an FDRX7 are set at double the list price. Both are released last year, but I never came across either of them in my travels. In fact, the higher end pegs are so regularly barren at my local target that I audibly gasp when I stumble on a Mercedes AGM GT3 Team Transport last weekend. That got me thinking, is collecting really that much worse today because of resellers? As much as I enjoy my little self of miniature cars, I'm far from the most avid enthusiast. Some collectors scour cases full of new cars looking for one of several treasure hunts. Ultra rare mainline cars that, with special details if you know what you're looking for. As for myself, I am content with... To casually seek out my favorite models, ideally in race replica liveries, I asked a dozen of the, the Hot Wheels subreddit to kindly weigh in with some authority. When I first started seven ish years ago, I feel like it was really easy to find what you wanted. A Reddit user named Frank who started collecting in 2016 had told me even the communities back then was so much more inviting, way less animosity, especially when you saw people getting lucky finding multiple chases, collectors, lingo for sought after cars, and one day people seemed way less jealous. For Frank, the pandemic was a huge turning point. It led to a lack of supply where stores that used to receive weekly stock instead of instead began unloading shipments every 3 to 4 weeks, and those supply issues were exacerbated by an influx of new enthusiasts and resellers which put pressure on everyone involved to buy anything and everything. That they could get their hands on. The hobby grew exponentially since the pandemic. And not only are there a lot of uh, new faces. But those. These new faces are way more invested. Frank told me via Reddit direct message. Before the pandemic I could walk into a Walmart at 9pm. Raid a pallet and get everything that I could ever want. Nowadays no way I walk in and there's now three people that have begun waiting since 7 for the pallet to come out I don't know about you but I have better things to do than wait for three hours every single night at a damn Walmart yep that's true And the story key goes on more for a couple more paragraphs. And I could go on and uh, read it. But I'll have a link to this article so you guys can check it out. Um, yeah. So I'm going to uh, end this one. This was like a light story day. So I will uh, end this one here. And yeah. Just uh, consider if you like this article, please uh, give me a like, uh, leave a comment, and share this uh, video out. And if you're not following me, please hit that follow button. So, yeah, thanks.